Let us pray. O God of life, you reach out to us amid our fears with the wounded hands of your risen Son. By your Spirit's breath, revive our faith in your mercy and strengthen us to be the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the fifth chapter of Acts. When they had brought the apostles, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The word of the Lord. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 118 beginning at verse 14. You can find it in your hymnal if you'd like to follow along. The Lord is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. Shouts The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord acts valiantly. The Lord indeed punished me sorely, but did not hand me over to death. This is the gate of the Lord. Here the righteous may enter. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. You are my God, and I will thank you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, the Lord is good. God's mercy endures forever. The second reading is from the first chapter of Revelation. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, 
and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, and on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The word of the Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house were, where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on him and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other's disciple told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nail in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and in my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them, although the doors were shut. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to them, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise you, know, we have become complacent. We take so many things for granted today. Until, of course, that certain something that we rely on is suddenly taken away. 
In 2000, my wife and I moved from Pennsylvania to just outside of D.C. to serve a church. And that community, the year before, had experienced a major flood and a bridge had been washed away. It wasn't one of those important bridges. It wasn't over a highway. It wasn't a main flow of traffic. But it did connect two sides of a river. It did connect a community. It wasn't that big of a deal. It factored way down on VDOT's priority list to replace. But for those people who lived on the wrong side of the river, it meant at least a 15-mile journey from one side of the bridge all the way around up to the next town where the next bridge was and back down to the other side. Depending on where you lived, it could be more distance and time than that. There were some people who suddenly had a 40-minute trip just to go see somebody they used to visit in five minutes. You start to understand how we have become complacent. When my wife and I had come to this church to help them heal, to help them revision their, their life and their growth and to start new, in a new direction, and what we heard consistently from people in the church is, you have to go see so-and-so. They're bastions, they're pillars of the church. They're so important to us. They sing in the choir, they lecture, they usher, they willingly serve on council. <laughs> now you know the real reason they wanted people back in church, right? <laughs> and you go out to see them, and what you discover is these people all of a sudden have an hour, an hour to drive to get to church. Okay, well, it's your church. It's your faith community, right? But now we're also talking about outside of D.C. where people spend, even people that live 30 miles away can spend two hours in traffic to get to work. The last thing they want to do on Sunday is spend an hour driving to church, an hour driving back to church, home, and then you got stuff in the evening, like kids' stuff with your youth and your confirmation, and then you got to go to council, all of this stuff, more time in the car, more time away from people, relationships. And so what had started to happen is those people that were on their own side of the river had started to find other communities of faith. The bridge coming down created rifts. It changed congregations Council members from one church migrate to the other. Now we don't have anybody to serve on council, and they have a surplus of people to serve on council. And our best base, the guy who sang everything deep down low, <laughs> is now over there at the Baptist church. And our organist is talking about quitting because she wants to go to church with her family. You see the crisis? It's not little. This is a big thing going on, all because a bridge. All right, come on, James. And my name's James. It's not John, okay? It's James. So come on, James. Come on. What does this bridge have anything to do about the lessons we just talked about? All right, well, let's get into it. Let's get into this now. Let's think about this. Jesus comes 
poof, he's in this, this room that's locked, and he reveals himself, he grants peace, he identifies himself with the marks, and he says, I'm here, and then he gives them this unique gift, this unique challenge, this unique power. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are what? This is the participatory part of the sermon. <laughs> if you forgive the sins of any, they are what? If you retain, you know what that means? Keep. If you don't forgive the sins of any, they are what? Retain. Retain. Kept. Hey, you want to talk about a gap? Let's be honest, guys. Gals, sorry. Inclusive language. Let's be honest. It is God in Jesus Christ who forgives sins. Jesus appearing in their midst is speaking of God's final victory over sin and death. His grace is extended to all. Gentile, Hebrew, insider, outsider. His grace is extended to all. So why is he popping into the midst of these people going, if you forgive the sins of any, they are? If you retain them, they are? Because he's building bridges. What is sin? Oh, we can get into that. That's a discussion for another day, right, James? Okay, but let's just break it down. Sin is a gap. It is a distance from there to there between two people. It's 40 minutes in the car to go visit your neighbor. It's an hour's drive just because somebody said something or did something that hurt you, offended you, turned you off, shut you down. And Jesus is saying to them, this is not what God's kingdom is meant to be about. God's kingdom is meant to celebrate the goodness of God's creation. In Jesus Christ, we are hearing again that God says, I have made everything and I've made it good. It's us. You and me, we have this teensy tiny little problem. We get up in the morning, stand up out of bed, stretch, and we go, man, I'm good. Shame the whole world's not like me. Wouldn't the world be a better place? If only. But the truth is that when you stood up this morning out of bed, the angels sang just as loudly as when I stood up and got out of bed. When the person down the street that doesn't go to church, that doesn't believe in God, that actually might actually be out there talking bad about Christians, got up out of bed, you know what the angels did? They sang. They celebrated the beauty of God's creation. The claim that God has on that person in Jesus Christ. You see, it's this bridge building now that we need to start thinking about. It's this forgiving the sins, overlooking the differences, looking for the commonality. And if you and I have nothing else in common, if you have nothing in common with the person sitting over there, you have one thing always in common, and that is God's choice for you in Jesus Christ. The power of God's grace working in you to forgive the sins, to build bridges, to build community. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, you are at a turning point 
in the midst of your congregation today, today's the day, right? You're going to vote to call new pastors who are going to come into a community where a bridge has been washed away. And what is that bridge? The last person to wear this in your midst. We're the movable parts, guys. Bridges can be torn down and replaced. Congregation members. Man, when that council member leaves, bass player leaves, usher leaves, your children leave. You've lost power and force. You've lost creativity and the future and the brightness and the inquisitiveness that leaves leave your congregation. So as we gather this day, and you've got this stranger in your midst sharing God's word with you, it's a time to think about what it means. How is God calling you into the future? How is it that you need to think about building bridges, forgiving sins? You know, I realize the guy that we're this time, the lady, I, I don't know. I don't know much about your history. I apologize. But sometimes, no, always, there's no such thing as a pastor that everybody in church loves. Okay, some of you are going to have to go, hey, it's not the new pastor. The old pastor, new pastor is not the old pastor. And some of you are going to go, oh, thank God it's not the old pastor. (laughs) All right? You see the bridges? The letting go? The opening to the healing and the growth and the reconnection, the doors that are open, the opportunities to form relationships and to build bridges, to hear God's power working among you, to see the new things that new ideals and new people can bring, to see how God can work in this community to help you realize your vision. Yeah, I did read your vision in the bulletin. It's really cool. How can God help you realize your new vision through the gift of a new pastor or two? But it's not just there, guys. It also starts right here. This community needs to look, each of us needs to look at ourselves and ask, how is it that I, I have stepped on other people's toes? Not how is it that you've stepped on mine, but how have I stepped on your toes? How can I start building that bridge to bring us to a place where we can be a community of faith that resounds with the power and grace of God's forgiveness and outreach to the whole world, his compassion, his concern, his desire to feed the hungry, to teach the young, to shape the vision of the community around you. We do that stronger and better when we celebrate our differences instead of judging our differences. This is a powerful text for you. A powerful text for you to think about today. If you retain the sins of any, they are If you forgive them, they are forgiven. May we be a forgiving, building community of Christ. Amen.